Thanks so much for stopping by the Impact Community Podcast. This podcast began as a help during the time that is COVID-19 as churches begin to adjust and try to make decisions and figure things out. We didn't want any pastor or church leader to be on their own. And so we began this discussion. And so we hope this is a help or an encouragement to you. And if you have any questions whatsoever, please feel free to reach out. God bless you. Lord, I am so thankful for these band of men that are leaders, that are uh, taking the helm here and um, really just guiding us through such difficult times for so many. But I'm grateful, God, that we're not, we might not be able to be physically together, but we are together in spirit with kindred spirits and hearts. So God, as these conversations progress, that our ears would be open, our hearts would be open, our communication would be clear. And Lord, that we would just learn from each other and truly listen and apply what we hear in these conversations. Because God, we're just trying to enrich your kingdom. We're trying to reach as many as possible while we're strengthening our own congregations and those that are uh, listening to us weekly. So God, I'm grateful for such men that we can bind together. And we're grateful that uh, we just celebrated you're the risen king and you every week show to us that um, you're still on the throne and you're in control and that we have a sound mind that you have given us. We don't operate out of fear, but uh, that we have a power that you have given us according to your word and we operate in that in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Good to see everybody tonight. Glad everybody's on and uh, excited about what uh, what God is doing uh, in your churches and uh, thankful to have this call. Uh, Paul had this idea a few weeks ago and and just started this and seems to be gaining momentum and growing every week. And uh, I appreciate all of you. I know it's I know it's kind of late, but it it's kind of the best time for uh, for everybody from East Coast to West Coast to uh, to be a part of this call after after the work day. And uh, so thank you for being a part of it. I hope you've been blessed the last couple of weeks. And tonight we are we are in for a treat. I trust you had a great Easter and uh, had a lot of views and connection and you uh, made some. Uh, some inroads in your community in your city. But tonight we have uh, Pastor Aaron Soto from ATC, Apostolic Truth Church in Appleton, Wisconsin. He is a personal friend of mine, but also I would consider him a, a mentor. He's an amazing man, pastor, and uh, I see his church just thriving through this pandemic. I've talked to him several times. And uh, we're blessed to have him speak to us tonight. And our, our format is going to be just to let him talk. And then at the conclusion of his uh, talk tonight, we'll have a chance to ask him questions and collaborate, collaborate one with another. And so thank you, Pastor Soto. I uh, appreciate you being on here. And uh, the floor is all yours. Man, it's an honor uh, to spend a few minutes with you guys. And uh, I salute you. And I know this is just uh, something that's totally stretching us. And the, I'm just seeing so much creativity from our fellowship. And isn't it amazing that in one week, God was able to get the entire fellowship on our Roman road, the information superhighway. 
And uh, it's, it's just mind blowing. You know, uh, what if the disciples had created, well, used that Roman road that was created for the purpose of evangelism just for vacations and diversions, you know? What would the book of Acts read like? And right now, it just feels like we're more missional than we've ever been on this Roman road. I really believe that God is going to use this technology. Uh, I don't see too many churches in the future uh, when this pandemic situation is over with saying, well, you know, that was great. We're going to stop live streaming now. You know, I don't see that happening. I think that we're in it for the long haul and uh, we stormed it, right? We stormed this, this technology advancement and now we're going to norm it. And then we're going to perform it. By the time COVID is over with, we're going to be performing this advancement. And I just think that is so cool. There's no question in my mind that God is working. And so uh, it's just an honor to be on this call. And I give uh, big props to Pastor Carney. I'm a big fan. I, I love him. And uh, I just appreciate that he's just like this huge next generation leader. And he's investing in all of us through this. And then also, Brother Price, I love you, man. Paul, appreciate you. And thank you for also for the invitation. Well, um, I want to just, I'm going to be anecdotal. So if, if you're waiting for A, B, C, D, you're going to be really disappointed. I'm going to just share some thoughts with you that I hope will be a blessing to you. Certainly, I'm not the guy who has it all figured out. I'm just trying to respond like you. And there are some things that are rolling around in my heart. But the first thing that I would just say, and I'm sure you've heard this already, is, you know, let's just make up our mind that we are going to grow through this, not just go through this. There is something that God wants to do in us. There is something that God wants to do in our church. And let's not miss this opportunity I think uh, probably for the first week, or week and a half, maybe two weeks, I had a, an, an emergency responder mentality. You know, I'm just trying to stop all the perceived holes. Um, I, I'm trying to respond to all the needs that I feel like our church may have. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do church and calendars. Uh, but let's get out of emergency mode and let's start figuring out what God is saying. How is he growing us personally through this? You might want to pick up a, not only the Word of God, which is very critical to us, but maybe a few of those books like Ordering Our Private World, reading that again, and just sort of hitting the reset button on our, on our life and our relationship with God. This past Friday morning, I asked myself this question, what am I going to take into the rest of my life from this situation? And there were several items that I wrote down that related to my family that related to some of the things that we've innovated here at ATC over the last few weeks that aren't just because of stay at home order. They're actually ideas now that I feel are really going to bless our church into the foreseeable future. And so let's, let's grow through this, not go through this. Third thing I really challenge us to do is let's be authentic. Okay. Um, I know that I'm not the voice of our movement. Okay. So I'm not trying to be the voice of our movement every time I get to the pulpit and preach, okay? I'm not preaching to the movement. I'm preaching to ATC. And I'm in the habit of saying ATC a lot when I preach because I think that if, if, you know, if we're not careful, sometimes we're too conscious of the gallery that's not our church or the people that we're trying to reach in our community. 
and we could make a mistake and disenfranchise the people that we've been called to serve. So let's just be authentic. Uh, I don't care if it's just an iPhone and it's shaky and the, and the picture's all grainy. Your church family just wants to hear your voice and they want to hear your voice talking to them. So, hey, we're going to do the best we can with the technology we have, but let's be okay with the fact that, hey, some people are, are advanced and they're really taking this along uh, beautifully and masterfully, but maybe you don't have the resources. Maybe you're just getting started with this journey. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. Just speak to your church family. They just want to hear your voice. And that's all they really, that's what they need. They need that comforting voice. Well, here are a few things that I feel God may be doing in this situation. And I believe me, I'm not the sage, but I feel like there's some things in my spirit that God may be doing. I have a hunch. First of all, I believe God is allowing a few raindrops of reality to fall on our heads while the door of the ark is still open. And we're realizing that we're not as stable as we thought we were, that our, our nation isn't as prepared as we thought it was, and we're feeling quite vulnerable, and we're seeing prophetic threads being pulled tightly, and we can see globalism happening. We can see uh, the uh, uh, revelation type of pandemic situations right in front of us, and we're realizing and we're all being reminded, man, the word of God is true. And prophetically, we can sort of see how things are going to come to pass, how even our nation would forego certain freedoms in the sake of, for the sake of um, health and for the sake of being safe. And, and so it's just amazing that God is allowing the church. See, we know what's going on. We understand that God is getting our attention. But hey, the door's still open. So God is showing more mercy to our generation than he did Noah's generation. So this is a huge wake-up call for us. I also believe that this is a season that is revealing things to us. It's revealing things about our church culture. Some of it's flattering, some of it's incredible, and some of it not so much. We're learning some things about our leadership culture of our church. This pandemic is revealing things about our home culture. And I just love how the Lord is bringing the dross to the surface. And I think in the end, we're going to be a more refined vessel that God can use. He's purging us like gold. Another th thought that I have related to what God might be doing, as we all know, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. And we learned that there is a land transformational prayer, a, a prayer that can change a land, a prayer that can change nations. It's a humble prayer. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. God is giving us the gift of humility. You know, in America, we've been very blessed to pray prayers of thanksgiving. That's really God's good. He treats me better than I deserved. I'm blessed. We have abundance. And that's really the, where our prayers center, and that's good. But the Lord is just kind of pulling a few things out from under our feet, and we're being given the gift of praying humble prayers. I mean, 
we're looking at if this pandemic stay-at-home order continues, how it could dramatically impact our economy and, of course, our churches. We may be sincerely praying, Lord, give us this day our daily bread with sincere, with a sincere heart. And that humility is what changes nations. That humble prayer changes nations. Finally, I believe God, for me personally, maybe not for you, but I feel like he's sort of forcing me into a Sabbath. Uh, Now, don't think that I'm just, you know, at home sipping on lemonade on a hammock. In fact, it snowed in Wisconsin today. Hello. Thank you. Um, I need prayer, folks. But I've been working. I've been productive. But the margins of my life are wider. I have more time with my personal family than I generally have. I've had more time to reflect and think. And God has sort of forced me into a Sabbath of sorts. God has quieted my world. And I believe that collectively God is putting his church in a Sabbath situation. And it's a precursor to a final season of planting and harvesting. So those are just a few thoughts that I had related to what God might be doing. Let's transition to... Uh, some shop talk now. Let me first observe now that I don't know about you, but ATC has been forced into a lot of short-term planning. Have you guys sort of noticed that? It's like, okay, we got to hit the weekend. What are we going to do? We got to keep it. We want to be creative. We don't want this thing to get old. We need to communicate and we, we need to shoot a few devotions for our church family and make sure that our church is properly stewarded. And it feels like it's just one week after another. And I'm sure that you're very similar to our church and that you do plan ahead quite regularly. Well, ATC's been forced into this short-term planning, almost hour-by-hour planning at times. Uh, In our Monday staff meetings, we plan out eight weeks. Every Monday, every Monday, we go out eight weeks, and we we talk about every event that's eight weeks out. That hasn't happened so much, but two weeks ago, I talked to our team and I said, look guys, we're not doing long-term planning. And I challenged our team that we need to, we need to, you know, definitely think short-term right now, but we need to plan long-term. What will our church look like in eight weeks, eight weeks from now, if there is still a stay-at-home order in place? I want to encourage you to consider that and go through a process with your team to just talk creatively. And you're going to ask yourself this question, well, what would the negative touch points be eight weeks from now in our church family? Um, What needs might arise after eight weeks of a stay-at-home order? That could be spiritual, financial, practical, emotional. And in doing this, I'm not so much thinking about our season member members because I know that our season members with our season members, it doesn't matter if this thing goes 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, they're going to be fine. They are rooted and grounded in scripture. They're not going anywhere, but we need to consider our spiritual babies. Number one, number two, we need to think about people who for whatever reason are spiritually immature And then finally, we need to think about our uh, people who might be predisposed to uh, emotional challenges, depression, and whatnot. 
Of course, I also believe that uh, eight weeks from now, our singles and the elderly may be struggling a little bit. And that's why I feel like planning out eight weeks and saying, how might we need to supplement what we're providing our church family now? Maybe a live stream isn't going to be enough eight weeks from now. Maybe simple devotions aren't going to be enough eight weeks from now. We all know that fellowship is a foundational practice of the first century church. And there are many churches that do not, are not allowing or facilitating fellowship at this time. If there's still a stay-at-home order, how could we use technology to facilitate meaningful fellowship so that people can thrive through this stay-at-home order for the long haul? So we have to think long-term, all right? Um, I, I put together some thoughts related to what matters most right now. And if you're a note taker, you might want to write a few things down and then we can discuss this a little bit later. But in my mind, number one, what matters most is connecting people to God. This is the purpose of the church. We still have this ministry of reconciliation. This is a role, a very important role that we serve. We must connect people to God through the word, through prayer and worship. So creatively, how can we connect people to God right now in, in the word, prayer, and worship? Secondly, what matters most right now? Connecting people with others. Let's not forget that prisoners are punished with something called isolation. All right? That is a punishment. And we have to make sure that our church community isn't experiencing isolation. So we've got to think creatively about connecting people with others through fellowship, again, prayer, discipleship, and then worship. Thirdly, another very essential uh, purpose of the church in this moment is equipping people for this time. Equipping people for this time. At some point, in our preaching, we have to transition away from the commentary on COVID-19 and what's happening and everything, you know, God has not given us the spirit of fear. And all those messages are very important. But at some point, we have to equip people for this time. What am I talking about? Well, in our teaching, instructing people and giving them enough information to make right choices in the stay-at-home order. You know, families are being forced into proximity with each other. Um, and I believe that one of the great things that God is doing right now is he's elevating Christian families. You know, this time is very revealing on the home front. If there's anything wrong about or right about your house culture, it's on display right now. Okay. And not a one of us is just batting a thousand. And so it's a wonderful opportunity for us to upgrade. So I started a series entitled um, House Training, and I talked about our puppy. And, you know, our puppy and our dog, when our dog was a puppy, it left these little puppy Tootsie Rolls around the house. It wasn't house trained yet. And we needed to get this dog trained to the point where it could be at peace with its master and thrive in the environment it was in. And I told our church about my first week at home. And my wife, at the conclusion of the week, 
had a very important conversation with me and essentially told me, she didn't say this, but she essentially told me I was leaving a few puppy Tootsie Rolls around the house. And I was just kind of like all business at home. I was home, but I wasn't home. And, and uh, we had a really important talk. Well, God is house training me right now. So what kind of teaching could we do to strengthen homes and families right now? I'm teaching right now a series um, from the scriptures, of course, but also supplemented by a book called Atomic Habits. And uh, the uh, series is entitled Habits Apply, Rinse, Repeat from the, you know, shampoo instructions. And I have an ins a shampoo instruction bottle and, and that's kind of the title slide, Apply, Rinse, Repeat. And I've been talking about how we can stop unhealthy habits and how we can start practically how you can start a new habit in your life. This is the optimal time to talk about things like that. So this is an equipping time. This is a very central role of the church at this time, equipping people. Obviously, another very important component would be equipping, uh, excuse me, encouraging the body during this time. Finding and serving the hurting. Um, and, and I know I'm, I may not be saying anything that you guys aren't already doing, but I'm just share, throwing out some ideas here. Uh, we have a Google spreadsheet that our executive team all has access, we all have access to. Our entire church family is on that spreadsheet. And every week we assign a, an executive leader to call a different group of people in our church and then we switch it around so that our church has full coverage every week from our leaders. On that Google spreadsheet, there's a place for them to say who it was that um, uh, call, made the call and then also just a response. Like it was a positive interaction, it was a good conversation, or if there was an expressed felt need, or if there was concern. And I'm able to look at those responses and I can, can cherry pick the people that I feel like I really need to call based on responses. So encouraging the body at this time is very, very important. And then, of course, meeting practical needs, meeting the practical needs. And I know that um, there's already been some great material that has gone out that has helped us to understand how we can take that low-hanging fruit from our budget because we're not having services. And, and, of course, we're being told we need to be more conservative with our finances. But I think you also need to take some of the operational expenses or uh, operational budget that's not being used right now because you're not having services and push that over to your benevolent fund and make sure that you have resources for benevolent purposes for the long haul. So at ATC, we are providing uh, groceries every Wednesday night. We have people just drive through. Of course, we've done that um, for, for many years, but it's more important now than it's ever been uh, meeting felt needs of our congregation and also our community. And then we are trying to figure out a way to just continue to provide for the financial needs of people who um, are suffering because of the stay-at-home order. The final thing that I think is very uh, important right now and top of mind would be serving our communities, our city, um, providing prayer, picking up that phone, calling the mayor's office, letting him know that you're praying for him, even if he doesn't pick up, just leaving that message for him, uh, finding ways to say thank you to the medical community, to the people who are the essential workers, the people working in the grocery stores, um, you know, encouraging our church community to do that as well, 
to be a voice. And I really feel like this isn't a time for us to be complaining and for conspiracy theory. So trying to get our church to really uh, use their platforms to really let their light shine and show expressions of support and, and uh, love to the community. And of course, serving our community is essential. Uh, find any way that you can as a pastor to serve your community. I know there are a lot of cities that are asking the clergy to make themselves available to talk to emergency workers, hospital workers. They're needing counseling right now and coaching. Call that hospital. Make yourself available. If, if there's ever a nurse or a doctor who just needs to talk or just needs a few moments of prayer, um, I know you all have a medical personnel in your churches, and it, you're hearing their stories, and it's, it's kind of a scary time right now for a lot of uh, medical folks. So that's what's on my mind related to what matters most. And then what are our biggest challenges right now? That's a question I've asked myself. Write this down real quick. We're not going to go deep on this, but number one is emotional. There are people who are experiencing isolation fatigue in our churches. All right. Just because you feel confident, just because you're rooted and grounded in this word and, and you're unshakable, there may be people right now who are more traumatized than you might suspect emotionally. Uh, some people are dealing with this depression and a feeling of disconnect from just uh, the body of Christ and relationships. So that's a big challenge, meeting emotional needs, meeting spiritual needs, spiritual immaturity, the spirit of fear. Uh, there are people who need more spiritual nourishment than they're getting right now. So finding those people and meeting those needs. And then finally, obviously, uh, one of our biggest challenges is continuing to respond to physical needs, those financial and felt needs, practical needs that people have. What are our biggest opportunities right now? All right, this is, uh, this is so incredible. And by the way, let's just know this, that breakout leaders are not focused on problems right now. They're focused on opportunities. All right? What's keeping us awake at night is not just not a problem. It's the opportunities. That's what, that's what really needs to grip our heart. Lord, what are the opportunities? I don't want to, you know, wake up after this whole thing's over with and realize that I missed the whole point and that there was a great opportunity that I didn't take, uh, either for my own household or for our city and church. Biggest opportunities right now is consecrated homes. Consecrated homes. Generally speaking, our churches are healthier than our homes. Okay? And so uh, what I mean by that is, and I know that in our apostolic churches there are incredible homes, but I would say there are a lot of families that are somewhat dysfunctional and they're apostolic and they bring their kids to a healthy church hoping that the church culture will get the job done. And so we have the opportunity right now to consecrate our apostolic homes by equipping them to, to know how to pray, pray on, on the home front, bring the word and worship forward and elevate their family culture. Second, reconnecting with backsliders. This is a huge opportunity. Uh, just sending a text message and just sending some love out there. They haven't been going to church for two years, but, but they're on your mind. And you just reach out and call them and just say, hey, I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. 
I'm hearing reports of many backsliders coming back and praying back through the Holy Ghost. I have a video on my phone of a backslidden young lady from our congregation praying back through to the Holy Ghost after one of our live stream services. It's so amazing. So dig into your database. Who hasn't been coming for a long time? And just spend a whole day just making phone calls and just showing expressions of love and concern for those people. It's a great opportunity. Also bonding with your fringe attenders. The people who have not been, who are not members of your church, they're kind of off and on. A, a simple phone call from people who are fringe attenders can go a long, long way. You may discover that by the time this is over with, through uh, you know, heartfelt connection from the church community to your fringe attenders, you may discover that by the time this is over with, they're going to be sliding in to becoming more central to your church community, deeper uh, with a more deeper connection. And then finally, uh, in terms of uh, biggest opportunities right now, reaching and serving your community, huge opportunity. So, you know, make phone calls to your alderman, make phone calls to the mayor, make phone calls to, uh, you know, uh, hospital administrators, find out where you can help and serve because this is a great opportunity. All right. And then finally, let me just uh, mention a few things that we're doing and, and we're not the, you know, the most innovative, coolest church in, in the United Pentecostal Church Fellowship by any means. But there are a few things that are working for us. Uh, number one, a virtual connect card. Um, we put it right on our homepage of our website and uh, it's in our announcements. And it's also something that I reference before I preach. And I invite our guests, please fill out our virtual connect card. Since we started with the virtual connect card, every service we have people in the community who are filling it out and requesting Bible studies, which we are starting virtually right now. So we have a larger footprint right now in our services than we've ever had. And this is just a wonderful opportunity for someone who may be watching your service, touched by your service, take a next step. So get that connect card on your website. It's, it's working. Uh, also, you know, launching uh, the uh, virtual life groups, I feel like is essential at this point. We had just started our small groups. We were only two weeks in of our spring semester when the stay at home order went live. And then we were down for a couple of weeks. And now we're just preparing to launch with virtual uh, life groups. And uh, so we're asking ourselves, uh, which of the life groups that were in the spring launch do we want to carry over? What life groups do we need to supplement to our church to help with felt needs? How can we practically help people in the area of family and marriage? And, uh, and then, of course, we're going to uh, go live with that uh, virtually. I'm still keeping in close contact with our leadership team. I'm meeting with them regularly. Yes, we are debriefing our live streams, and we're trying to do it just a little bit better every time. Um, and, of course, the... Uh, the idea of keeping that connection, a practical and sustainable plan of communicating with your church family. Obviously, there's a scenario we don't want. We don't want to get back to church and realize that there was a family that never heard from us during this whole period of time. That scenario haunts me a little bit. 
So we want to do everything that we can within our power to make sure that everybody in our church family is receiving consistent, meaningful connection from our church. So uh, again, this isn't a, an ABC type of a talk. These are just things that I've been rolling around in my mind. And uh, I just want to open this up. I know uh, Brother Jaron is going to help me with some of these answers if there are any questions, or if you would like to share, this is a wonderful opportunity for you to share what's working for you. And I'll just kind of turn this back to our moderator and he can facilitate uh, the rest of our conversation. Thank you, Pastor Soto, amazing stuff. Uh, if, if you guys are following on the comments, I think uh, Jamil and a few guys uh, play some of the notes there. Uh, also, uh, uh, link to the podcast uh, that Brother Soto has for his church. Uh, but we want to take this time since we have him uh, to ask him some questions and give him an opportunity to, uh, uh, to respond to those. And there may be other answers that, that can come out of, this, uh, out of this group tonight. So the floor is open. If you will, just unmute and ask a question, and then you can mute back. Thank you for doing that. Hey, Pastor Soto. Uh, Devin Akers here, Stello Church, just a uh, huge fan. We, we watch you in ATC a lot. And uh, some of the things that you've done over the last couple of weeks, including your sermon series, House Train, uh, I just, number one, need to apologize for stealing from it like 75 times uh, over the last <laughs> couple of weeks. And I gave you credit once, briefly, but <laughs> before, uh, I did not. But I'd love to hear how what kind of questions you're asking your team to stay creative and fluid and, and what your meetings look like uh, that are kind of generating the good ideas. I know you mentioned not focusing on the negative, um, but is there something uh, that you're asking your team a way that you're forming the questions that are kind of causing the ideas to be generated quicker um, and, and the good ideas kind of making them come to the top? I'm really glad you asked that question. And uh, we're, we're pastors and leaders here in this, and I'm going to be really, transparent with you. Um, and, and maybe you guys have noticed this too, but Zoom meetings are, I had to figure that out, how to have a staff meeting on Zoom. And uh, of course on Zoom, we're more in a listening mode. And I was uh, inviting our team into creative conversation, something that we're accustomed to, something we're used to. And like the crickets were chirping. And it was like pulling teeth. And I got to be honest, I got off a few, finished a few meetings and I was a little bit frustrated and even a little bit angry because it just felt like nobody was, it just felt like there was this huge vacuum, like a, nobody wanted to say anything. And so I learned that in the Zoom format or go to meeting format, you have to ask people questions directly um, and because they're just not as quick to chime in. One of the reasons for that is because We've all had that frustration of one person chiming in another person and they're both talking over each other. So they both stop waiting for the other person. And then after a bunch of awkward silence, they both start in at the same time. And it's just, they don't like that uh, scenario. And so they just choose, I'm just going to sit back and I'm just going to listen. So people are in a, a more passive posture, emotionally, when they're online, at least that's my experience. And so you have to set up the question. I think one of the important questions that you could ask your team right now is, what does our church look like 
if the stay at home order goes longer than we think. Uh, I, I really feel like ch as churches, we need to be planning for the stay at home order to go through late summer. Okay. Now you could say, please, no. And, and I'm with you there. Let's plan for late summer and be surprised when it's not because you don't want the other scenario where you plan for this thing to be over in a couple of weeks and it's going longer than you thought. And now it's taking you longer to get to create a runway to deal with problems that relate to a longer term stay at home order. And so that's a very important question. Uh, related to our staff meetings, um, the first thing that we do on Monday staff meeting is we debrief the service. We debrief the service, we debrief the, uh, the live stream. Uh, the second thing that we do is we go over every guest card or connect card that's been filled out and we assign, we strategize our follow-up for every guest card that has been filled out. The third thing that we're going to do is we're going to cover congregational needs uh, based on the Google spreadsheet. We have somebody who's assessing what the felt express felt needs were based on conversations. And so uh, we talk about the felt needs that are evident. We also have an ongoing list right now of every family that is out of work. And we're looking at every one of those families. That list is getting a little bit longer with every week. Fortunately, most of our people have essential jobs. I'm grateful for that. But we want to make sure that the people who are in a somewhat of a vulnerable situation are not getting off of the radar screen. Hey, guys, I know the problem. We are all great first responders. We're all great first responders. We find out somebody doesn't have a job, and we're on that phone calling them saying, if you need anything, you, you let us know. But the problem is the newest emergencies push the first emergencies off of our radar screen. And so we have to keep a good list of the people who are in duress for whatever reason and, and keep those names in front of us in every staff meeting. Um, so we talk about congregational needs. And then I have a place on our base camp where all of our pastors can submit their concerns and um, their agenda topics. And we cover all of those topics. We do some, uh, and then we go out eight weeks. So we're going to start, we're going to talk about Wednesday, we're going to talk about Sunday, and then we talk about eight weeks. So um, in a nutshell, that's kind of what we do. Quick question, this is Patrick Rowell. Um, Thank you, uh, Brother Carney, for putting this together. And this is the first time I've been able to join uh, due to some other commitments. But, but wow, clearly I've been missing it. Um, I just had a technical question for you, Brother Soto. Uh, you mentioned when you do um, your Bible studies that you have a virtual connect card. Um, what are you using to do that? What's, what's the platform? Um, it it's, uh, becomes a, a woo-foo form. If you go to at church, org atchurch.org you can see um, that virtual connect card and um, I believe it it's it's essentially just a, a link of a, of a wufu form I am not a technical guy I can get a, a, a better answer for you but I believe that's that's what's happening and so it just generates it just generates to, and it's sent to the um, predetermined uh, 
person, which is our office, once they fill that out. Uh, I, I do have a question. Uh, super excited to hear from you today. One of my favorite speakers. Uh, one question that I would probably ask him before this is one thing that stands out to me about you, especially in a time like this, is just poise, um, how you carry yourself. Uh, I think it's settling for the people following you uh, that, you know, not that you're not honest or, or genuine, but just there's just a certain poise that you carry yourself with. And so uh, any, any tips for us as, you know, even me as a young church planner, just how to, how to, how to walk in that, um, how to communicate meekness, you know, strength to your church, but uh, humility or, or make sure that you're posturing the right way. Uh, any, any tips on that? Well, I appreciate that. And, and uh, I'll, just, I'll just let you know that I'm very confident that God is up to something and he's mobilizing his church. He's showing mercy, as I had mentioned. And so I really emotionally, I'm coming from that place that God is up to something. I'm gently nudging our congregation um, to, uh, you know, let's, let's shine. Don't cast shade, you know, let your light so shine. And, and I don't want to do that from the pulpit. I don't want to be speculative from the pulpit. Um, they're getting enough from all the news agencies about how bad things are. And so I don't really need to um, be an echo of what they already know. I just need to point confidently to the opportunities that are available to them. And um, so obviously also I have to make sure that I'm not preaching the echoes of my own fears. Hey, we're, we're all looking at the situation and we're like, man, what if, you know, this thing could get really bad. And, and so we're, we're fighting some a little bit, I think our own, in our own vulnerability. And so it's very important that we are drawing from a deep well, and we're drawing from out of uh, a prayer life that is, is, is just rooted and grounded in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's be careful that we're not so productive and so busy that we're neglecting our pers own personal sanctuary right now. And God is talking. I know he's talking to you all too. I mean, he's stirring me at night. Uh, uh, he's confronting me. He, he's helping me to grow as a father. And I just, I'm just so confident that God is at work. So whatever you're seeing or feeling from me, it must just come from the fact that uh, I really am convinced that this isn't some pointless uh, conspiracy and that we are all just puppets and pawns to the efforts of men. I believe that God is on the throne and um, it's my role and my responsibility to not only encourage, but to equip the body of Christ. So a lot of my preaching is going to, it's going to just really hang right there. Um, and, and I'm going to just be careful not to, uh, to have a spirit of fear on me that's going to somehow project to our church family. I have a quick question. Um, are you, how are you developing your leaders through this? Um, I have some, we're, we're limited in our, in our team, so to speak, but I'm trying my best not to be the only one in front of the camera. At the same time, I'm trying to find where people begin to grow um, begin to see the need and, and jump on it. 
Um, I don't know. I know you have a staff, a great team there you built, but how are you keeping them with their growth? Man, that's a really good question. Well, at this point, I haven't brought anyone in to speak to our leaders, but um, the way that our church is set up, I'm not the only one who develops leaders in our church. And so all of our pastors are empowered and released in very practical and real ways to equip their leaders. And so their voices are being heard and, and they're being shared. There are a few things that I'm sharing with our highest level leaders that are being disseminated to them. I am picking up the phone. I'm having some, you know, conversations that are sort of like reflecting, like, what do you think God's doing? You know, and just talking creatively with, with, with some of our leaders. Um, I'm, I'm taking their temperature and I meant to say something. And I'm just going to share it right now. I could be wrong about this, but I feel like we might want to be a little less collaborative right now and a little bit more directive oriented as leaders. God is speaking to, sh to shepherds. He is speaking to our pastors. He's speaking to you in a very real way. And there's so much going on that it's possible that your team who's very nuanced and they know you may not, there are so many times that when, when I feel something from God or other leaders are shaking their head, yes. But recently I've been feeling things from God and our leaders are still catching up. They've got, they have issues at home. There, there are all kinds of um, distractions that are happening right now. And it just feels like what my elite team needs from me right now, the team that I'm privileged to serve needs from me is to be more directive. Now that doesn't mean that I've, you know, I've become a dictator, but it just means that I need to be patient with our, our leaders. They're doing a lot of new things right now. They're trying to stay current and be innovative in brand new ways. And I think they're a little bit exhausted. And uh, so it's helping them that I'm, I'm not as collaborative and directing just a little bit more. So I, I wanted to, to uh, share that with you. And by the way, just make sure that your executive teams and your leaders are having important and thoughtful conversations with the people uh, that they serve. But I think it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to bring another voice in. I've not done that. I know that there are other churches that have done that. And I think that would be a tremendous blessing course, we have all these different Zoom platforms, go to meeting to, uh, to have some good leadership talks and to receive some outside encouragement. Hey, I want to encourage anybody, if you have a question, please don't feel like you have to hold off. We want you to uh, jump in. If you have a thought, uh, please be encouraged. We encourage that. Not a question, but I got an amen. That was, that was really good. Thank you for that. Quick question for you. I, I do also steal things from your podcast as well. Um, I went to Kingdom Leader Lab uh, last year, about a year ago, and I know you went to that. Something big that I took from that was equipping heads of household. Uh, and I hear that all throughout your preaching what's your most effective way for equipping heads of household so that your family is getting stronger during this time as well? Yeah. Well, um, and can I just ask you a little bit more about your question? Are you, are you talking about right now or just as a pastor overall in, in the way that I lead our church? 
some of both, honestly, I, I, because I'm trying to implement more of equipping head of, heads of household. And right now is one of those urgent times, I feel like, for sure, too. Yeah. Well, you always want to have a couple of really good series throughout the year that, that relates to um, equipping families. Um, and, but let's understand that parents don't get it just because you said it one time. And I think sometimes we have this idea that, well, man, I covered that in that series back in, uh, let's see, when was that? You know, 2012. And we feel like we just covered that. And I think that we, we, we have to kind of go over again and remind people of spiritual principles that relate to uh, parenting. So definitely in our preaching. Secondly, in modeling, we need to model this to our church family. What does it look like for someone who's like a pastor to prioritize their own family? Um, you know, our, our church family, they're sophisticated people, and they can sort of feel underlying tension in marriages. Um, they can feel a little bit of disconnect with, with pastor's children. And uh, so it's very important that we model this and, and we make sure that we're actually practicing what we preach. That's one of the strongest things that you could possibly do for your church family is to take that appropriate time for your church family. Also supplementing always with small group opportunities for people to advance their education as parents. Uh, there's some tremendous curriculum out there, a curriculum that we use. It's a video curriculum by family life today. And, um, it's, it's very, very good. If you go to Family Life today, you, you can see the curriculum, the material that they use. We supplement that with life groups. So every life group that we have, every semester that we have, we have um, ongoing training uh, for parents. The other thing that, that I think is very, very important is that you have a coaching voice with families that you see as at risk. You cannot just sit back and watch and see that and feel that in your spirit and just pray from a distance. There are so many fathers who are just paralyzed. They're paralyzed. They know their family is not in a good place. They know maybe their kids are wandering and they're not exactly sure what to do. And what a relief it would be for them for you to just step on in, come close, ask them out for a cup of coffee, and, and just say, hey, I've been praying for you and your family. Give me the front page. What's going on in your, in your family? What are you most concerned about with your family? What are you most excited about? And how can I help you? And um, just be a first responder. Don't wait for people to come to you. Um, you know, we're not always welcome in those conversations, and we can feel that. But at the very least, you're giving your church family opportunities by by doing that and also releasing and empowering your highest level leaders to do that as well. Great questions, guys. Trent, to ask a question next week, you got to not wear that St. Louis Cardinals cap. I appreciate if you'd take that off for this call. I take that as a bitter brace fan that still <laughs> winning a game in the playoffs. That's enough. <laughs> Uh, Pastor Soto, you mentioned about, you know, learning to be better at home and not working. Give us, you know, a couple things, ways you're doing that practically. Uh, I, I know your hobby is 
is walking and working. But what 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 are some new things you're implementing in the Soto household? Well, um, I, I, I would say that the worship has been deeper. Um, we're gathering together every evening and just having a time of prayer. One thing I'm doing every morning at breakfast because we we have breakfast together every morning. I ask each of my children who have who do you plan to encourage today. And in the evenings, I ask the question, who have you encouraged today? And so I want our kids to have an outward focus. Um, I'm going through uh, Firm Foundations curriculum, our discipleship curriculum with my daughter who's in Bible school. And just uh, there was, when, when she graduated, I, I didn't, the next step for her was to go through our Firm Foundations class and I never did go to get to go through that with her. So I'm sharing that with her. Um, and then just kind of everyday life things before COVID. Um, I've always wanted to have uh, an, an encouraging and equipping voice uh, for my children. And so um, I, I train my children just the way I would train a high level leader in our church. I'm asking myself, what are the barriers that are in their way? What information do they not have that, I, that they need in order to, th to thrive and succeed? Um, I don't always want to be a voice of, uh, of the critic. And so I'm, I'm, I always want to be a voice of, of, to celebrate as well. So that's very important for me. Uh, family nights, of course, are huge. And while we're on the subject of parenting and family with pastors, let me just tell you, I still haven't figured this thing out. It, it feels like there's this classic tension between ministry and family. And uh, my kids love God. They're, they, they're ministry postured. But a lot of times it feels like family and ministry compete with each other. I haven't found a way to perfectly harmonize the journey. But one thing I have done is I've accepted the fact that I will never be perfectly balanced. I just feel like that, that the idea of being balanced is elusive and unattainable. And so what, so what I practice is fairness because I cannot achieve balance because any week can be a train wreck. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know, you have a revival, you have a week long revival. You tell me how much home life you had. You go out and you preach for somebody, you go preach a weekend. And I mean, all of our weeks are radically different. And so the idea that every day, is, you know, our life is going to look like a perfectly sliced pizza pie and everybody gets the, you know, the appropriate piece every day, uh-uh, not my life anyway. So fairness. When I look back over a month, I want to know that I have been fair to, to God, that I've been fair to my marriage, that I've been fair to my children. Now, that doesn't mean I'm I was fair to my children because I had one family night. Having one family night in a given month and one meaningful interaction with my children in a given month is not fairness. I'm talking about looking over that whole month and saying, have I been fair? So I've accepted the fact that one week may be a train wreck, but I'm going to swing the pendulum back the other way the following week. And so it's kind of like driving. I'm trying to keep it between the white lines. Sometimes I get a tire in the ditch, but I'm always trying to correct it and I'm trying to practice fairness in my life because for me 
uh, balance is perfect balance is just not attainable. Can I can I get ahead of this? So I'm stealing before you preach it. What's your next series at, at your church? I need to start producing this now. So it looks like you stole from me. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to do that. In all seriousness, is like what, what's your thoughts? Like what, what would you say right now as you're looking forward? Like, I know, I know, I mean, we all, if you didn't already, someone's, everyone's ordering atomic habits tonight. I know many guys on this call, they've already been reading that, but, but um, like, what are you looking ahead at as saying, you know, this might be a thought, this might be an idea. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I feel like there's a, there are a few really good opportunities for us outside of the home front. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for us to talk about the spirit led life, the spirit led life, practically, what is it? How does it work? How am I spirit led? How am I spirit led? Um, you know, people have the opportunity to practice Christian disciplines right now. So inspiring them in the area of prayer and practically equipping them for prayer, practically equipping them uh, for the word of God. And then I also believe that this is a time of breakthroughs. And I think that um, how do you get a breakthrough? What does a breakthrough look like? Helping people to begin to, to reflect in areas in their life where they need a, a breakthrough and then to equip them to see a breakthrough happen in their life. And as we all know, breakthroughs are not just one prayer situations. We all want that bolt of lightning strike type of an experience from God type of breakthrough. But most breakthroughs look very unremarkable in the beginning. So equipping people for breakthroughs, I think, is a wonderful opportunity for us. So good. I can't thank you enough, Pastor Soto, for for being a part of this call. It's been one hour of, uh, of goodness. Next week, uh, we have uh, a great guest going to join us, uh, evangelist and missionary Adam Hunley is going to be on our call to, uh, to speak to us and to, and to pray over this group. And we'll also be doing some other things that, uh, that pertain to this uh, pandemic and, and our churches thriving during this time. Looking forward to next week. Uh, I have never officially met with a Huntley, uh, but we have a lot of mutual friends, and uh, he has agreed to join us. And so very, very excited about that. Pastor Soto, we can't really give you a hand, uh, but, man, we're, we're high-fiving you right now. Thank you. Thank you for being being a part of this. Would you pray over us? Yes. Uh, as fellow pastors, fellow uh, ministers, would you pray a prayer of blessing and, and protection and provision over us before we close? Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for every one of my brothers who are on the front lines, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, for your provision, your supply, and for the inspiration that you're placing in our hearts for this season. I pray, God, that you will supply every need Every leader right now is agonizing and hurting over something. And I just pray, Lord, that you will show them the righteous path through their pain. I plead the blood over their homes, their marriages, their families, that they would grow through this season in their home life and not just go through it. And I do take authority in Jesus' name 
over the devourer and the spirit of fear, Lord, that would try to come and hijack our calling and our message. I ask you, Lord, to render every spirit that is not of you, that wages war on their lives, render that spirit powerless and send it to hell from whence it came and execute your righteous judgments against it. I pray, Lord, that you will add to the church daily and that through this, God, that this would be a, that this would be a launching pad, that we would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Thank you for the privilege. Truly a privilege to talk to you. Awesome. Hey, guys, one more thing before you hop off here. If you know of another friend, pastor, uh, that could that could use this call, feel free to share uh, this Zoom link uh, with them. Paul will be sending out uh, uh, the meeting ID for next week. Uh, but please share it. Uh, if you know anybody that could... They can share what they use this week. They can send the same thing out. Okay. Good deal. Thank you, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Pastor Soto. God, God bless. bless